And now it's time for us to discuss more of these headlines and simple keywords with Adam joining us via Zoom. Good morning, Adam. Good morning, Lena. Happy Tuesday. Happy Tuesday, indeed. Do you know how I know it's a hot and humid day? <laughs> Diane, <laughs> you and I are all just wearing white t-shirts. <laughs> and so am I. Exactly. <laughs> it's, the white, it's a white day. Apparently. Um, in case you needed a memo, folks, that's the dress yeah. code. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't think we need to wear white to uh, tell to stay people cool? it's hot and humid. <laughs> or tell people it's hot and humid. I mean, I think most people kind of, you know, just open a window and realize of how hot it is. <laughs> so easy outfits, maybe that's what we should stick to this entire summer. This is only the beginning, yeah. my friends. All right, let's jump into our keyword news portion of the day. We're going to try to clarify some of these major headlines for our listeners. And this is our first pick of the day. New vice ministers. So President Yoon has given appointment certificates to a number of minister and vice minister level government officials he named last week. He's asked them to ruthlessly fight cartels with vested interests, so fight against injustices and inefficiencies. Tell us more. Yeah, those words, cartels and vested interests, they've come out quite frequently out mm. of uh, President Yoon's mouth, and it's no different this time around. And he uh, Formally appointed uh, Kim Hong-il, a uh, new chief of the Anti-Corruption and Civil Rights Commission, which is a minister-level position, uh, along with 13 new vice minister-level officials. They include five former presidential secretaries who served under Yoon until uh, just last week. And they also include the uh, gold medalist Tang Miran uh, of, uh, as the culture and sports minister. They have also um, been tasked with realizing the administration's goals in the second year of the president's term. Uh, now, Kim is a former prosecutor who was actually charged uh, of a botched investigation into a corruption case involving the Pusan Mutual Savings Bank uh, back when Yoon was also a prosecutor. Now, the separate ceremony for vice ministers uh, stood out, though. Uh, so far, the prime minister has been granting appointment certificates to new vice ministers, but this time Yoon accredited them um, himself to kind of show that uh, or entrust them with the roles. Now, after the ceremony, Yoon had lunched with the new vice ministers and told them to fight against unconstitutional cartels with vested rights, as you said, and he called on the uh, new vice ministers to be loyal to the spirit of the constitution rather than the president. Mm. And he also asked them uh, to carry out accurate assessments of public officials' uh, work performances as well. All right, that's the general framework. A new set of vice ministers announced and named, and now with the certificate, their jobs have already begun. Let's move on to our second keyword of the day. Seafood import. So, of course, we've been talking about that planned release of Japan's nuclear wastewater. The ruling party and the government have announced that seafood imports from Japan's Fukushima region will continue to be banned until, that is, people no longer have concerns about it. Yeah, so uh, an interestingly uh, slightly hardline stance against uh, seafood imports from Fukushima, uh, although uh, the government does seem to be kind of leaning on the side of Japan's case uh, of its plan to release this uh, contaminated wastewater. So uh, some mixed kind of stances and policies regarding that in terms of uh, the plan. Now, uh, they held a meeting to discuss countermeasures ahead of the uh, submission of the final report by the International Atomic Energy Agency, the uh, nuclear watchdog. Now, the government said that even if the IAEA says it's safe to release the water, they will keep banning the import of seafood from Fukushima until people feel totally okay with it. And the uh, People Power Party floor leader, 
Uh, Yun Jae-ok said there is no time limit on this. Uh, he said it could take 100 years if it need be. Now, when asked about the possibility of Japan demanding the lifting of the ban based on the IA's, EA's uh, report, you responded that it's best for the government to handle it and provide a clear announcement. He added that each ministry will devise specific plans and will share uh, the information with the party and the public. You also stated that the government will naturally follow the verification process at the government level regarding the IAEA report, mm. as well as conduct additional assessments. Now, a government official said that the government has never supported the release of contaminated water from Fukushima. Uh, the official added that the measures implemented since the Moon Jae-in government will be continued uh, with increased um, attention, which is interesting because there have been some comments from other government officials that seemed uh, that they were uh, kind of on board with Japan's plan mm, mm, or mm. trying to kind of um, not be completely against it, uh, which has faced some uh, criticism from uh, civic groups and fishermen, uh, both in Japan and here in Korea as well. So, uh, yeah, so when it comes to seafood imports anyway, uh, there are still some concerns mm. uh, from uh, some members of the public here. And uh, so a ban on those imports will continue. Mm. And I suppose our job is to report on both ends of the argument. Of course, the safety concerns lingers among the public, which is what we want to continuously address. Now, as for the IAEA report, I can say IAEA correctly just once. Um, <laughs> yes, so we'll wait for the results and let's move on for now anyway for our, to our third keyword of the day. Forced labor compensation. So the government has started to deposit at local courts compensation for victims of the Japanese forced labor victims and their relatives who have so far refused to accept the funds, but the funds are ready anyway. We're referring to, of course, that third party fund. What's the latest? Yeah, so this was, uh, of course, a very controversial issue when it mm. first came about. Uh, there are a lot of critics, uh, victims. Uh, being opposed to this kind of third-party compensation scheme. Uh, as of yesterday, 11 out of 15 plaintiffs who sued Japanese companies have received third-party compensation, mostly uh, from Korean corporate uh, donations. Uh, some of the compensation money is for two relatives of the 11 plaintiffs who had earlier decided to take the uh, third-party compensation. For the remaining four plaintiffs, two of uh, whom are surviving victims and the rest uh, relatives of victims who had already passed away. The foreign ministry announced it was depositing the money so that they could choose to take it from a local court close to where they live uh, whenever they wish. Now, the government is also informing the remaining victims and their families individually about the uh, deposit procedure. Uh, but uh, legal representatives of some of the four plaintiffs immediately protested uh, the ministry's decision uh, their lawyer said they will be filing a statement to the court to stop the deposit process uh, for these plaintiffs. Now, the decision also took into account the recent situation where victim support organizations have started a campaign uh, to raise funds specifically for the victims who uh, refuse the solution. So the government is kind of uh, clutching on to that mm. and uh, hopefully... Um, uh, wanting these uh, victims who refused it to accept their uh, compensation uh, money. But, uh, of course, uh, there's still some uh, 
uh, opposition to it. Mm. And it looks like that the victims are adamant that they won't be accepting this money unless they get an official uh, apology from the Japanese government mm. and uh, money from the Japanese companies involved. So mm. another uh, long-standing sticky issue. All right, let's move on to our fourth keyword of the day. Overwhelming capabilities. So the defense ministry has vowed to secure what it called overwhelming capabilities to counter North Korea's weapons threats. This came during a major meeting of military commanders. So do we know what was discussed? Yes, uh, Defense Minister Lee Jong-sup uh, presided over the meeting. They discussed uh, the ongoing defense efforts, including strengthening the U.S.'s extended deterrence commitment, as well as normalizing defense cooperation with Japan and improving counter-drone capabilities. Now, the ministry underscored that the South Korea-U.S. nuclear consultative uh, group will be a key tool to reinforce the credibility of America's extended deterrence commitment. Um, to enhance the execution of the extended deterrence, they will strengthen operational procedures and implementation systems for timely deployment of strategic assets such as U.S. nuclear submarines. And they also established a master plan and increased the budget for strengthening the uh, three-axis defense system. Uh, they will regularly review the process, reflect the budget for timely modernization and simplify the introduction of related weapon systems. Um, the ministry plans to push for an agreement with Tokyo as well on measures to normalize bilateral defense cooperation. That's all part of efforts to better ties and defense ties between Korea and Japan. Uh, the minister, uh, ministry noted that it will accelerate preparations for the launch of what it calls strategic command slated for next year. Uh, the command is designed to oversee the military's key assets to better counter Pyongyang's threats. Uh, to address North Korean drone-based threats, the ministry plans to revise a guideline for joint air defense operations in October and secure more assets to detect and strike hostile drones. Also, Seoul and Washington plan to hold a rare defense ministerial meeting with member states of the UN command mm. um, in November. And Defense Minister Lee Jong-sup emphasized the need for continuous efforts to enhance the morale of uh, junior officers who are key to uh, combat readiness. All right, and with that, we move on to our final keyword of the day. China export ban. So these protectionist measures still continue, um, taking aggressive measures to uh, trade curbs to gain probably the technological upper hand. China will ban the export of two components for chips and radars. This is in a bid to respond to U.S. curb on supplies of high-tech components to China. Tit for tat, tell us more. Certainly tit for tat, yes, and uh, just... Uh putting oil on the, the kind of fiery tensions between the U.S. and China when it comes especially to trade. Now, the uh, Ministry of Commerce in China said in a statement that the ministry will impose export controls on gallium and germanium-related items in order to safeguard national security and interests, in their words. Now, exporters will have to apply to the ministry for permits from the beginning of August. Both materials can form alternatives to traditional silicon wafers in specialized applications, as well as for components used in uh, military and communications equipment. So uh, 
uh, a very key uh, component and a widely used one at that as well. So it will be a blow to those uh, companies and manufacturers who use those materials. Now, the measure is the latest development in the global battle to control chip making technology. Beijing's move comes also just days after the Dutch government announced new restrictions on exports of some semiconductor equipment. This drew some angry responses from Beijing. Mm. Uh, the new rules means that uh, ASML, basically Europe's largest tech firm, will need to apply for export licenses for products used to make microchips. Mm. Uh, the Dutch controls follow similar restrictions on semiconductor manufacturing equipment from the US and Japan. Now, China's announcement also comes on the eve of a visit uh, by the US Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen uh, to Beijing. Uh, some Chinese companies are worried that the export controls may backfire as well. So we'll have to see uh, how uh, talks between Yellen and Chinese officials play out, whether this issue will be brought up remains to be seen. Uh, but still, very tense trade battles between the U.S. and China. Ah, continues. Thank you very much, Adam, for today's coverage. Stay cool and we'll see you tomorrow. You're very welcome. See you tomorrow. If you're listening to our program using the podcast service, just a reminder that we do go live Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. Korea Standard Time. So tune in and help us make the show more informative by giving us your input. See you bright and early on Good Morning Seoul.